How many is ready to dive into the Word of God this morning? Y'all ready to dive into the Word of God? I, I, I want to, yeah, God has given me a special word for the church today, and I really want to share it. Uh, so I don't want to take up too much time here in the beginning, but I do want to say um, this week we had the honor of, we're, you're such a giving church, and I want to thank you so much, because when you give, we're able to plant back into other ministries, and we're able to do things like help Tammy and also help the, the Old Acres as well down in Florida. There are missionaries as well. You can see them out there in the hallway, both of our missionaries. So when you give, we're able to funnel that. In uh, our, our youth, uh, or VBS, we were able to give to those organizations, costs and also Psalms 82.3. Uh, but we were also able to give, um, I believe that we planted $5,000 toward the uh, Safe Haven Baby Box and it was dedicated this week. Amen. Uh, you can actually see that on, on the news. I think it's Wave TV 3. I'm going to give you the link, Pastor David, this week. You put that on the website. And we'll try to have you links of places that we give. And so you can go there and check that out. So uh, God's doing some great things. You know, I know that, uh, you know, people, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And so, listen, church, we have to be prepared. What are we going to do? We just can't pray something happens and all of a sudden not be prepared to take care of the, the, uh, the repercussion of that. What are we going to do? Well, we now have a box, a, a, a regulated box, a heated, uh, cooled box where a young baby, a mother who has a child that decides she doesn't want that child, she can take it to that safe box and put it in there. And within one to two minutes... That baby will be picked up by uh, some professionals and taken immediately to the hospital for care. Uh, it, it's amazing what God is doing. But this week we had an opportunity to bless that. They called and asked us as a church to bless it and the many other people there. It was just a beautiful day. So thank you for everything that you do. Um, but God is blessed and God is moving church. He really is right now. Um, God has really laid on my heart about a message that I, I'm calling it, are you thirsty? Look at somebody say, are you really thirsty? And I'm not talking about water. And I'm not talking about Coca-Cola or a Pepsi, which I could probably use one about right now. But I am talking about, are you really thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Are you thirsty for God this morning? And I'm going to share, I'm going to say the same thing, because this is exactly what Jesus shared and shouted over an incredible massive crowd of all the Jewish people on this particular day, whenever they were celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacle. Let me set it up, because we're going to go to John chapter 7, verses 37 and 39. And before we go there, I want to say right now that we're living in an hour where people are thirsty. Believers are thirsty. Non-believers are thirsty. Why do you think so many people are running to drugs? And why are they running to alcohol? Why are they running to pornography? Why are so many people deciding that after many years that, they're, that they've decided that they no longer go to, want to be married to their wife or married to their husband and they get a divorce and they go and they go marry someone else? Why is it that there are so many people in our world not happy with who they are and they decide they want to mutilate their body and change even their gender? Why do they do that? Because they're thirsty and they're not satisfied. And there's only one thing. You could try all that you want. Yeah, I Trust me, I lived in the world for many years before I got saved. 
and I tried this and I tried that, but there was only one thing that satisfied my longing and my thirst, and it was Jesus. And that's it. And when they finally accept Christ, when they finally get there, it'll all stop. They, they will be satisfied, and they'll want more of him and more of him. And that's what I've discovered. But anyway, Jesus was here on this day of the, of the Feast of the Tabernacle, and it all started because they commemorate the time when Moses took that rod, remember that? And he struck that rock. And when he struck that rock, water began to pour out of that rock. And it symbolized, actually, today, a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit. But back then, it was water so that they wouldn't thirst to death. And so the people would celebrate it. And so year after year, what they would do, the priest would get a golden uh, a pitcher, and he would take it, and he would fill that pitcher up with water from the pool of Shalom. And then he would take that picture and walk up the steps to the temple where the altar was there at the top, and he'd get to the top, and he would get behind the altar and turn and face the massive crowd, thousands of people, and he would lift that golden uh, picture up with that water in it, and the people would go nuts. They would start shouting, hallelujah, thanks be to God, our Savior. And they were shouting because that they, they almost... Uh, thirsteth, so they commemorate that year after year. So, but on this particular day, Jesus happened to be there celebrating with them. And listen to what he says. He says something and he shouts it out to the crowd in John 7, verses 37 and 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, this is the feast of the tabernacle that they're celebrating, commemorating this water that came out of the rock, Jesus stood. <clears throat> And cried out. He didn't just softly say, he cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, and some other translation says, out of his belly will flow rivers of what? living water, not dead water, but living water. The, our, this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Now watch, the Spirit was not yet there, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Did you just catch that? So the Holy Spirit was not there, but he was reminded in this day, he is saying, there is going to be a Holy Spirit that's going to come, and it's going to be living water, and it's just not going to be living water, but it's going, to, it's going to flow out of you. It's going to be a powerful Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, and I believe the reason, again, why these people were shouting and screaming was because they knew that that, that, that water represented their, their, their life. They, they wasn't going to die. But there are people today, and that's why our world's in the shape that it is. It's because there's a thirsting people today. They are thirsty for something. And, and, and it is ripe, church. We, this, this right now, this season, it is ripe. All that these people need is someone, the God's people, to rise up and introduce them to Jesus. Because they're thirsty. They're looking for something. 
And they're trying everything and anything. But we need to give them a reason why they need our Savior. And the the way we do that is, is it has to come out of us. They have to see God, the Holy Spirit, really working and moving in our lives. And let me put it this way. that There's a dryness and a dryness in every person's heart that only God can satisfy. We all have it. Every one of us here today, whether if you want to admit it or not, you're thirsty for something. We're, there's, something there's some things that we're just not satisfied with. And you're going to look, and you're going to keep looking, you're going to keep looking until you feel like that you're satisfied. But I'm going to tell you, nothing is going to satisfy you. Nothing will ever satisfy me but Jesus. Jesus, God, is the only one who can satisfy, satisfy us. I love what uh, the psalmist David wrote here in Psalms 42, verses 1. And we read this a few weeks ago talking about as a deer panting for water. As a deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. And we've got a lot of fake gods today people are thirsty for, and it's not going to satisfy them. But, 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 but he said that I want to be thirsty like a deer. And I shared that when a deer, the only time a deer ever pants is after it's been chased by its enemy trying to be killed, and then it's panting. It a pant, and it pants, and it, it, it actually loses about 80% of its body, of its water, and if it does not find water, that deer is going to die. And this is the same way with us. We have to be like that deer. If we do not get to God, is what David was saying, if I can't get to him, I am going to die. But yet we still see Christians today still struggling with depression, still running after things, still searching, still longing, and, and I thought to myself, why are there so many believers running to other things to satisfy them? And I really truly believe it's because believers today, many Christians today, they've not been taught on how to pray and that there is a Holy Spirit, that there is a river that wants to come out of you. And it's the power of God. It wants to break loose inside of every single one of us. You know, when you get saved, you receive the Spirit of God. Let me show you here. Let's go here to Romans 10, verses 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you get saved, the Holy Spirit will come into you. But, But there is something that Jesus was talking about here. But there is a fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's important that you are filled with the Spirit. You need to get hungry for God and say, God, I want it all. Because it says that it should, it should be like that river of living water that wants to come out of you, that flows out of you, like that river uh, coming out of that rock. It just is not a trickle. It just wasn't a drop. But it is a gushing river that wants to come out of you. And the only way that it will come out of you is understanding that you have to submit and yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And the moment that I got saved... You know, I wanted God to work in my life. And I went to this scripture here in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. It says, if anyone, again, thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Because he that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall begin to flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly, out of his heart shall flow these rivers of living water. But here's the problem. This is the problem. Many people today are not releasing the power, are not releasing that flood, and they're just settling. They're just going through the motions. Well, whatever, but, but listen, he says, if any one of you thirst, if you, I'm going to ask you again, are you thirsty? Because if you're not thirsty, you're filling up on something else. Guarantee it. 
You are, fit, you are running to things, and this is what our world's doing. They're running to everything and anything they can find to try to satisfy something that will never, ever, ever be able to be quenched but God himself. He's the only thing that will ever satisfy that longing. And so I'm going to show you this morning three things really quickly on how that we release the river of God, this living water that wants to come out of us, because it's important that we understand, because people really truly, and for years, I didn't know how to pray. I pray with my head, and we're going to talk about the head versus the Holy Spirit, because our head is what gets in the way. That's what gets us into trouble. So let me give you number one here, and they're very, very simple. And if the living water is going to come out of us, number one, we have to understand many people don't know how to pray like they should. Because if people really knew how to pray like they should, I wouldn't need to preach today. You wouldn't need preachers. But many people, they struggle with this because the problem is, is our brains truly get in the way. Our brains wants to do what it wants to do. It wants what it wants. Yeah, and that's what we're dealing with today in our society. We want what I want, what I want. I want to control. I want to be my own God. I want to make my own rules. I want to, it's my way. I, nobody's going to tell me what to do. That is a person that is not surrendering and submitting to the Holy Spirit. And a person like that will never, ever know the will of God because the only way we're going to know the will of God is when the Spirit of God is released in us because the Spirit of God is the only thing that can understand what really what we need. And I'm going to show it to you as we go along here. But we doubt, we start to, we don't believe. And I'm going to take you to a story where they prayed. And by the way, when we pray, what do we expect to happen? If we're praying properly, we expect for God to do what we're asking God to do. Am I correct on that? So now I'm going to take you to a story here where brain got in the way. And I found it. It's really great. So let me go ahead and take you to this story here. In Acts chapter 12, verses 5 and 7 and 9. Now stay with me. Stay very close with me now. I'm going to take you on a journey here. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Right? So what are they praying for? For Peter to be released from prison. Does it work? Yeah. Let me show it to you. Suddenly there was a, a bright light in the cell. And an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to wake him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Okay, so the prayers worked, right? It worked. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now, he, uh, now put on your coat and follow me. The angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. Their prayers worked. God answered the prayers. Now this angel is leading Peter where he's going to go. So this angel leads Peter to Mary's house. And so now he's standing in the front of the door of Mary's house and he's knocking on the door. Now watch, this is what gets bizarre. And this is what happens to many of us. When your brain gets in the way, your brain will tell you something different from what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you. If you're praying, the Holy Spirit says, believe and God's gonna do it. But your brain's gonna say, no way, uh-uh, no way. Let me show it to you. Acts 12, verses 13 and 15. This is, this, is, this is awesome. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter, Peter's standing at the door, guys. He's, he's here. He's here. Now, you would think at this moment, because they prayed, 
If they prayed like they should have prayed, they should have, praise God. God answered our prayer. Peter has been set free. Hallelujah. God did what he said he was going to do. That's not what happened. Their brain gets in the way. Watch. Peter's standing at the door. Okay, this little girl said, he's standing at the door. You're out of your mind. He's supposed to be in prison. Would you pray for him to be free or not? No, he's supposed to be in prison. They said when she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. Did you all catch what I just saw? Their brain started doubting. Their brain got in the way. And and we, we deal with this all the time. Let me put this truth up here. Our opinions and ignorance gets in the way. Our intelligence gets in the way of letting God be God. And this is the problem. We can't pray from our brain. We have to yield to the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to show you here in the Scripture, we don't have a clue really what we need to be praying for, but the Holy Spirit does. Now, Jesus began to talk to his disciples about this very topic, and he said, you have to have faith. Okay, you need to quit praying out of your brain. In Mark chapter 11, verses 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have it or have uh, whatever, believe that you, that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, when I first got saved at age 15, I saw that scripture and I started immediately praying out of my brain. Have you all done it? Oh, uh, therefore, I, it, whatever I'm going to ask for in Jesus' name, I can have that. So I went home and I tested it as a 15-year-old. I went in my bedroom that night, and I just looked. There was a pencil on my desk, and I started saying, in Jesus' name, pencil move. And I, come on, am I the only one that did that? Have you done it before? I'm looking at that pencil. Come on, just a little bit. Just in Jesus' name, move, move. That's stupid. Sometimes we got to tell our brain to shut up. Because you see, our brain is not smart enough, is not intelligent enough to understand the mysteries of God and the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, if you're thirsting, if you're, if you're thirsting, I want you to drink from the water that I give you. Because that water that I give you is going to give you understanding. So after I got saved, I went home and I tried it. And here's the reason why it doesn't work. And James says it this way. Let's go. In James 4, verse 3, when you ask, you don't receive. Goofball. Because you're praying you're, with the brain, Gary. You don't receive it because you ask with the wrong motives. You're not asking from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not guiding you in this prayer. That you may spend what you get on your ple- pleasure. And so what do we do? When we start, well, our brain prays this way. Uh, whatever I ask, God, I pray you give me a million dollars right now in Jesus' name. That I never have to work another day in my life. That would be nice. Or God, I pray that God, that you, you give me a brand new house. Right now, a big, brand new house, a big one in Jesus' name. Or God, I pray that you give me a red, a red Corvette. I mean, convertible. Nicer than that, that, the red one that whatever, Timmy, you got. I mean, I, that's, but that, I, I want y'all take that. Just give me one of those that Timmy got a, a Camaro. I want one of that. And, and well, what do we do? When we don't get what we pray for, then we set ourselves up to get angry with God. And the reason why we get angry with God is because most believers don't know and understand how to pray. 
They, 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 we pray with our brains, and our brains get in the way. So if you really want to know how to pray, don't listen to your brain. Because your brain's going to try to say what it wants, what it, what it likes, and we see that today in our life. And it will, it, will, it will get you in trouble. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26. Now let's put this in perspective now, because you're probably wondering, so how do I pray? Now watch. Verses 8 and 26 of Romans. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Do you catch that? And the only way the Spirit can help you and you can understand is if the Spirit is living in you. Everyone's saying anyway. So, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. There it is. We don't have the capacity, the ability to really truly know how to pray. You see, when I have to race to the hospital, whenever I have to pray for a family that's getting ready to have to say goodbye to a loved one or just lost a loved one, or I have to come up on a scene where someone was tragically killed, I don't know what to pray. But on the way there, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. And God, I give you my life. I don't know what to pray, but God, I need you right now to work in my life. And when I step out of that car, the Holy Spirit says, hang on, son, I got it under control. Just let me use your mouth. Open your mouth and I'll speak for you. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, what does he do? Makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So in other words, the spirit inside of us can do the praying for us. It helps us to pray. And so what I learned was, is if I just learn to yield and do my part, then the Holy Spirit can do his part. But I have to get away from my dumb brain thoughts. When I get to, well, this is what I think ought to happen. You know what I'm talking about? Well, my brain, well, this is, no, no. I have to surrender my life to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit begin to pray for me. So here's what happens. The Spirit doesn't need to pray, church. The Spirit already knows what needs to happen. The Spirit already knows. The Spirit does not need to pray, but he'll help you or give you the words to pray. That makes sense. And so this morning when Jesus was saying, if anyone thirsts, I want you to come unto me and drink. If you believe on me, as the scriptures has said, out of your belly, when I leave, I'm going to give you a comforter, and it's the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come live inside of you and dwell in you, and he's going to give you the knowledge and the understanding on how to pray, either in your prayer language or in your natural language, either or. He will help you. And I'm going to encourage you a lot of times. I'm going to encourage you today, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's a lot of religions that, that says, well, when I say that, people say, oh, oh, start speaking in tongues, right? Well, that comes along with that, if, if that's necessary. Remember, being filled with the Spirit is the benefit of nine other benefits, gifts that God can give you. Nine of them. But you have to be filled with the Spirit in order for any of those nine to manifest itself inside of you. Everybody understand that. I can take you to the Scripture where they were filled with the Spirit, seven Scriptures today, where they didn't speak in tongues. And so please be careful with that. What I'm telling us this morning is you need to be filled with the Spirit. And if you want your prayer language, ask for it. Praise be to God. I encourage everyone to get that. And God has given that to me, and I'm going to talk about that. So number one, many people don't know how to pray like they should because they don't give themselves to the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that has to pray through you. Everybody understand what I'm saying? 
So be careful when you pray. Before you ever pray, you need to talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, God, your will, not my will, be done. God, whatever that you want. You see, when we pray before this service, every service, Denny and I and some of the other pastors, we'll go in there and we'll pray. And our prayers like this, God, I'm yours. My, my lips are yours. My thoughts are yours, God. God, I surrender my life to you. It's not my will, God, but I belong to you, God. I'm your servant. You use me however that you want to use me. And that's yielding to the Holy Spirit. Or the mind thought would be, boy, aren't I talented? Boy, I'm ready. Boy, I'm gifted speaker. Boy, I'm going to come out. I'm gonna... You see the difference there? That's, that's mind stupid thinking. That, 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 not... you, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask in your own, your own brain. And it's not going to happen. That's selfish. So first of all, we have to pray, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and direct our prayers and the second way of releasing the rivers of living water in our life is this, is number two, the Spirit wants to help us pray better. How many of you struggle with your prayers? He wants to help you pray better. Again, when I get on that scene, when I need to pray for people, God helps me pray better when I'm there, when I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has a hold of my life. Now, I remember when I was 15 years old, and I'm going to tell you about this because this is when I received my prayer language, and I want to encourage everyone to do it. And by the way, it's the most beautiful language you'll ever have. And, and also, it is not goofy. It's not dumb. I get so tired of people saying, you know, God the Father, he's the authoritative one. God the Son, oh, he's Jesus. He's the loving one. Oh, the Holy Spirit, oh, he's the goofy one. Ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. You ever seen that? So you got really, and God, when, when we planted the church, God says, son, you got to have balance. And when you have balance, the church will grow. If you have too much of one thing and not enough of the other, you have an imbalance happening. And so you got one group over here that thinks they're the only group going to go to heaven because they're over here speaking in tongues and having a Holy Ghost hoedown. And everybody else is dying going to hell, you know, and, and they struggle. And then you got this group over here that sees that group and they go, that group's lost their ever-loving mind. We don't want anything to do with that. Am I Am I lying? And so we see that, and there's a problem with that. And both groups really are saved, but they just, it's got a selfishness going on. But this group, it's, it's causing this group over here to shy away from the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. I take offense when someone says he's goofy. No, my Holy Spirit, Jesus living inside, he is not goofy. People were goofy before they ever got saved, and they're goofy even after they get saved. God's not goofy. He's not silly. He is my God. He's my Lord. He's, my, he's the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the enemy will try to do everything. Oh, don't do that. Listen to me very closely. I was a Baptist, and I was also got involved in Pentecostal. So I got both sides. So I understand both sides of the fence. I understand it. I get both sides. And I thank God for both heritages because it brings balance. I thought, I'm going to stand in the middle. Hallelujah. It works great right here. So I was, I was 15. I get saved. And I wanted more of God. I just wanted more of Jesus. And so I, I found these other teenagers, man. They were, they were praying and seeking God. Some of them, they were filled with the Spirit, and some of them had their prayer language. And I thought, and I read up on it, and I found it's in the Word. I thought, if it's in the Bible, I want everything that's in the Bible. If it's available, I want it. I'm not going to let groups talk to me and talk me out of it. it's real. It's not. No, I want to know what God's Word says, and I found out it's real. And I remember I got down on my knees that day. And I said, God, I'm a real, I'm a real, real character here because God, I, I, I will not receive anything at God if you don't give me an understanding. Because, buddy, I'm already shocked on this stuff. I don't know if this is real or not, 
right? Because they call it goofy. I don't want to be goofy, God. And I said, if, if, if you give me my prayer language, I want to know, God, what I'm saying. It's never happened before ever again, but it happened this day. I started praying, and they were praying with me, and we were just together as a group. And I prayed, God, I said, God, give me, if this, give me a prayer language, God, the Holy Spirit, God, if, if there's one. And, and you know what? I, I never forget these words. I was saying, I love you. I praise you. I adore you. I love you, I praise you, I adore you. I love you, I praise you, I adore you. I was hearing those words in my mind, but my mouth was speaking something I've never spoke before. That day, God filled me with my prayer language. And by the way, it's for me and not you. How about that? It's for me. That's why you don't ever hear me blab and carry on like that. Because the Bible says, Paul said, anytime that you're together and there's non-believers, keep your mouth quiet. I would rather you prophesy than speak in a thousand unknown tongues because it's not going to matter to you. It's just going to bring confusion to the body of Christ. We have to have balance. That's why Lisa and all of those who prophesy, he, we'd rather prophesy. You hear us operating that all the time. Man, I want someone, oh, I need a word from the Lord. Someone pray over me, right? Well, let me give you some scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 2. For he who speaks in a tongue, it's the Bible, does not speak to men. But to God, it's for me, it's me communicating to God. That's how I communicate to God. And there's times when we're together, we're believers, and we want to speak in our prayer, we'll do it. But, but, but as a whole, we're not going to get goofy with this thing. For no one, watch now, understands him. You don't have a clue what I'm saying, so why, it's not going to benefit you. It's for me and God. It's what Paul says. For no one understands him. However, the spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. In other words, I really don't sometimes understand what I'm saying. But that's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit does. And that's how God communicates with me through the Holy Spirit communicating. What's mysteries? Put this up here. The mysteries I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit praying things that we don't understand. When we don't know what to pray, you just pray in the spirit, and the Holy Spirit will kick in, man, and it'll start praying for you, and it knows exactly what you need and when you need it and those that you're praying for. So please, I beg you, as your pastor, I'm not goofy, as your pastor, don't shy away from the power of the Holy Spirit by dumb teaching, by silliness, because it happens. Please, I'm giving you the right scripture to help us this morning. And, and, and when I get to the place, the Holy Spirit, here's what he does. Gary, don't worry about it. I got it under control. You just open your mouth, son. You yield to me, and I, I'll do the talking for you. There was a study done by Dr. Carl Peterson, and I read this, and I studied it, and, I, and it's, I find this fascinating. I love to tie in the Word of God with science, and when you put them both together, it's amazing. I love it. But, but Dr. Carl Peterson did a study in the brain. He's a neurosurgeon. And he found five believers who, who had their prayer language, okay, who was able to pray in their prayer language. And so he thought, I'm going to study what's going on in this brain up here. And so when he put them in an MRI, he said, I want you to just pray, pray, in, pray in your prayer language. So he said, okay. So for all five of them, he put them through this MRI. And as he was watching the charts on the screen, he noticed that there was neurotransmitters firing, triggering, you know, dopamines, cortisols, all that stuff just firing away. And, and the brain was functioning like it was supposed to. But he noticed in all five of them, this, this front cortex of your brain right here, this is the part where all the processing's happening, where, where, you, where it won't shut off. This is the part that says, well, I got to do this. I got to mow the grass. I got to go to the store. I got to clean the house. I got to do the dishes. I got I to, and it won't shut off. 
This is the part that needs to shut up right here, okay? But what he realized was, as he saw it, in all five of them, this part of the brain, it hardly didn't register. It really almost like shut down. Now, this is food for thought. I don't know if it's biblical, but I'm just, I'm going to believe it is. Could it be possible that the Holy Spirit's trying to shut your brain off so it can do the talking? Could it be possible? I don't know. But he did a science with the Bible. Well, all I can say is the word says some things that kind of backs this up, and I love it. So, but he also found out that it also pumps uh, uh, transmitters that makes you feel better, keeps you healthier. I thought, hey, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 4, it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue, again, I'm not making this up. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, what does he do? Edifies himself, makes him feel good. It, he feels, it edifies him, lifts him up. But he, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Did you catch a difference there? The tongue is for personal, for me. But the, but the prophecy is for the body of Christ. That's why you'll hear Lisa and some of these, they'll prophesy, Betty and myself. And when we prophesy, that, that, that's for the church. And people are not going to freak out. Okay, that's just the word of knowledge being given to you. But when you speak in a tongue, it edifies the person. And don't you think God wants to edify all of us and just not me? Don't you think God wants to fill us up? I'm just saying. So, so I want to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to go after your prayer language. And by the way, again, if you don't have your prayer language, some men are saying, oh, you're going to die, go to hell. And that's not true. <laughs> I can tell you seven scriptures where they, where they were filled with the Spirit and they didn't speak in tongues. Again, balance. People, they got to understand. I understand the Word of God. Trust me. I've studied it and studied and studied it. And I understand what it's saying. And so be, be careful with that. But God wants everybody to have a prayer language. He had, there's nine gifts. And, and I say, well, if they're all there, man, I'm going after it. I'm, I, I want those. But let's go on to this scripture right here. And I want to show, want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14. For if I pray in a tongue, this is the Bible. Why, why, why would Paul be talking about this so much? Because Jesus is gone. Holy Spirit's come. Well, that, that, that's for the church. Of the, oh, no, it's not. I used to believe that. I used to think that. And the enemy almost got me convinced of that. But boy, oh boy, what was those words I was speaking? Why did I know that? I knew it because it's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me and for me. For if I pray in a tongue, this is the Bible, my spirit prays. You catch that? Oh, that's so good. The Spirit's praying for Look, it, it's not difficult. You don't have to work at this. Let the Holy Spirit do the speaking. This is awesome. My spirit prays, but my understanding, my brain, my frontal cortex is totally jacked up. It doesn't understand. It's not fruitful. That's what it says. The Holy Spirit, this is, I think it's shutting it down so the Holy Spirit can say, you ain't got a clue what you really need, but I know what you need more than what you need. Because my plans are higher than your plans. My ways are higher than your ways. And if you want to understand my ways and my plans, just yield to the Holy Spirit and I'll teach you and I'll show you. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Our brain doesn't have the capacity to even understand it. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 15. So Paul ends like this. He says, okay, we got to land this plane right now. <laughs> I got to land this plane, Paul said. Watch what he says. So what is the conclusion then? This is Paul's words. What's the conclusion then, Jesus? I will pray with the Spirit. This is in his prayer language. And I will also pray with the understanding, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead that as well. And then he goes on and says, and I will sing 
with the Spirit. And I will also sing with the understanding. If you ever come up here, you'll think I've lost my ever-loving mind. Because probably 90% of the time that I'm sitting here praising God with these worshipers, I'm singing in the Spirit. So if you want to just come listen to somebody all jacked up up here, and just come up and listen to me. I love it. But it doesn't matter. I just let the Holy Spirit have his way. But it's not for you. I'm not going to do that around you because you just think I'm weird now. <laughs> but that's the Holy Spirit. And he's my best friend. And he's not goofy. And he loves me. And he cares for me. So many people don't understand how to pray because they're not praying in the Spirit. They're not praying, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to guide their, 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 either their natural words or their, or their prayer language, okay? Both. So whatever that you do, whatever that you do, either you're praying your prayer language or praying a natural, pray with the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit pray, okay? Get, quit listening to your brain, yield to the Spirit, back away from the brain and say, okay, I give myself to you, Lord. And the second one is the Spirit wants to help you pray better. And when you pray, he will give you the words to speak the same way it was when Moses, he was scared to death to go face Pharaoh, scared to death. So he had to get his brother Aaron to go with him. And finally, whenever he gets in the presence of Pharaoh, what does Moses say? I got this. Because this was the place in the Bible where the Holy Spirit did show up to Moses. And says, I can speak for you, Moses, because you're yielding to me. Let me speak. Isn't it amazing when you're put on that spot and you're totally surrendered to the Holy Spirit, he'll kick in and he'll, he'll give you understanding. He'll pray with you and pray for you. So please, please pray in the Spirit. Pray. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. And the third and final one, Pastor David, I'm done. When the Spirit prays through you, it ignites something in you. <laughs> I love this. Man, there'll be something that will happen inside of you when you start praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to use you. There's been times when I walked away from a time that I prayed for a family. I'm going, Lord, how did I ever say that? Where did that come from? It came from the belly. It came from my heart. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Because if you believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly, when you least expect it, when you need it the most, will gush out of you like a river. And we are living in a world that needs to see that river, church. Yes. We've got to give them a reason to get saved. And the only way that we're going to give them that reason is whenever we fill up on the power of the Holy Spirit and they see God working and moving in us. And they look at us and say, it was only by God that could have happened. Only by God that could happen. Amen. I don't want to be like uh, Rhoda, you know, and the gang. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. And when it happens, ah, oh, what are we going to do now? That really can't happen. Well, why are we praying? That's your brain talking. No. If your Holy Spirit's praying and God says, I want you to pray for your marriage, you believe that. You believe that. The Holy Spirit does not want your marriage to fall apart. You pray in the Spirit and watch what God will do. And when it happens, when you start to see little things start to work your way, start praising God. Start praising God. Thank you, God. Don't say, well, that, uh, that can't be. I know there's no way. He's that way and he's always going to be that way. He can't change. See, there's your brain talking. There's some of you, you've lived with a guy or a girl that you're already got, you're convinced they'll never change. That's your brain talking. Stop it. You tell your brain to shut up. 
God can work a miracle. I know it to be a miracle, but God can work that miracle in that person that you think is impossible. And when you start to see the changes, you start thanking God. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but that's for somebody. But when we pray, here's what happens. Let me read you this. I'm going to go, ooh, ooh, i got to show you a video. Before we go, we're going to close with a video. In Romans 8, verses 27, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. That's God. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. He does the intercede. He knows what we need in accordance, in accordance to the will of God. So in other words, we let the Holy Spirit do the talking, and Jesus does the understanding, and it's all in accordance to the will of God. That's how that works. The Holy Spirit does the talking, Jesus does the understanding, and God's will is is fulfilled in Jesus' name. All we have to do is submit to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do the talking and let Jesus do the understanding. And when we do that, we are in the perfect will of God. We need to pray in the Spirit, church. Not only we pray in the Spirit, but as we pray, we'll get better at praying in the Spirit when we pray. And not only that, but when we pray, something will be ignited in us. Why? Because the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8 that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what is that power? That is the power of the living water, the Holy Spirit coming out of you, working and moving and operating like he wants to through you. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. If you believe in him, as the scriptures is telling us, that out of you shall begin to flow rivers of living water. I'm going to ask you again, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Or are you listening to the wrong voice? Because I'm telling you, your brain will tell you, don't listen, don't go there. You don't need the Holy Spirit. I, don't, don't be filled with the Spirit. But I'm telling you, you have to stay focused and keep listening to the voice of God. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll hear God's voice and you'll obey God's voice. I got a video. It's seven minutes long. I want you to stay right here. And we're going to close with this video. I'm going to pray, Okay. But trust me, you will be thankful that you sit and watch this video. I want you to hear, and this is talking about hearing the voice of God. Because God wants to speak to you, church. And he speaks to you when you're filled with the Spirit. When you don't understand it, he will. I want you to see this. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going (laughs) to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. 
and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell him, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm. Just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots those nighttime freighters, those 747 started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. 
And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. The knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. Amen. Can we stand? Amen. <laughs> Let's stop listening to the voice and start listening to the voice inside because there's some of you right now that you're in that storm. There's some of you, you can't see his, or, or, or see his face, but you do hear the voice. Listen to that voice, church. You've heard that voice many times in your life. But because of those distractions, as he was sharing, we start looking at the storms. We start looking at the circumstances. But this morning... It's the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? I want you to drink from the water that I will give you, and you'll hear the voice. Be filled with the Spirit and let His voice 
start leading you on how to pray, start leading you in your marriage, start leading you in your decisions that you make, start leading you on how to be better parents, start leading you and how to run your business. Listen to that voice in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit. We're going to close like this. If you want prayer, you could step out of your seat right now and we will pray over you before you go. But if you're here, I want you with everything that you have, say, I'm tired of listening to dumb voices and it's time that God, that I want to surrender to the Holy Spirit. God, I pray this morning that you fill me with the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you might receive your prayer language. Some of you, God's going to set you free. Wherever that you're at, please, I'm begging you, let God fill you with the Holy Spirit. But in order for you to be filled, you have to be thirsty. Say, God, I am thirsty in Jesus' name. As they 